What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. The new year is the perfect time to start building credit scores. Because when your credit scores increase, your opportunities do too like loan approvals and lower interest rates. Chime makes it easier to keep building your credit with a secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card. You can use Credit Builder everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. Chime helps you build your credit score safely by using your own money to make everyday purchases and on-time payments. To apply, just open a Chime checking account with a $200 qualifying direct deposit. And don't stress, there's no annual fee or credit check required to apply and get started. Start building your credit history and finding new opportunities with the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Late payment may negatively impact your credit score. Results may vary. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Good morning, Neverland! 
Welcome to episode 76 of the Neverland Podcast. Hey, Jesse, do you have your pixie in your pocket? I always have my pixie in my pocket. Awesome. Well, we need to take this pixie out of our pocket and sprinkle some pixie dust. It's time to make the flight to Neverland. Woohoo! Well, we got a few details, of course, that we want to talk about here before we take flight. Remember to visit NeverlandPodcast.com for all of your Neverland needs, including finding our email address, podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com, our Twitter at Twitter.com slash NeverlandPCast, or just go at NeverlandPCast. We have a Facebook page, just search Neverland Podcast. Also, there is a Facebook group, Neverland Podcast. And don't forget, we have a voicemail line, 816-226-6492. Call and let us know what you think about any movies reviews, uh, games reviewed, whatever we talk about on the show, we want to hear from you, and uh, whatever you want to share with us is awesome. Don't forget also to join the Neverlanders right there on the page. You'll see it says Neverlanders with an exclamation point. Go in there, you'll find all the instructions you need to become an official Lost Boy or Pixie. Why don't we have Lost Girls, Jesse? Because girls never get lost. They're too clever. And don't forget that you can also donate through patreon.com slash neverlandpodcast. Anything you donate, half of that I do give to Give Kids the World, a wonderful charity. They have kids and their families that are, you know, the, the child is terminally ill. I almost said the family was terminally ill. But, you know, the families and the children of the terminally ill families. Uh, I'm all messed up, but you know what I mean. They're going to Walt Disney World, and we're going to help send them with Give Kids the World. I'm discombobulated there, Jesse. I see that. I hear that. Yes, yes, you are. <laughs> Oh, and I forgot to tell everybody, I am your lost... I'm not a lost boy, I'm a pan. I am your pan. I'm the spider pan. I am Jeremy. I'm with you every week. If you don't know me by now, this must be your first time. And if it's your first time, thanks for coming along. It will get better. Uh, It will get better. Yes, it does get better. Well, I have an excuse, though. I'm pretty wiped out. I've started a new job as a mail carrier. I've been at it four weeks. I'm working six days a week, walking 12 miles a day. And boy, are my legs tired. And my mind is not all there because I'm out in the heat. So <laughs> it's been a mess. But that gives to an interesting story, though, uh, which we'll get into actually a little bit later with some game news, something I, I saw while I was out on my routes. But uh, guess what's going on this weekend, Jesse? What is going on this weekend, Jeremy? Star Wars weekends. And we're not there. No, I'm not there. You're not there either. No, I'm I'm at home. Oh, oh, that, that's that's not so fun. Not really. But you know what? We're going to have some Star Wars fun anyway, just because we want to, and because doggone it, people like us, and uh, yeah, <laughs> we're good enough and we're smart enough, and doggone it, people like us. I I even blew up that line. Isn't that awful? <sighs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Okay, well, <clears throat> I'm going to try to become a little bit more focused. I must use the Force. So where, but, where is Star Wars Weekends? Star Wars Weekends takes place over at Walt Disney World, specifically in the Hollywood Studios, although there's a new name coming for the Hollywood Studios, but we don't know what it is. Yeah, Mr. Bob Iger kind of gave a spoiler alert at the mm-hmm. shareholders meeting back in March, didn't he? Yeah, so it's changing, and I bet D23, anyone who's going to be in attendance, will find out exactly what that's going to be called. Is this the third or the fourth name they've had for this park now? They keep changing their mind, and I bet there's still people who call it the Disney MGM Studios. 
Well, the same, mm. the same people call it Epcot Center. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and speaking of Epcot Center, I have been uh, talking to a cast member down there from Epcot, uh, Mike. Uh, I think you pronounce his last name Emke, uh, but he has asked us, and we have joined the We Be Geeks Network, which would explain the sounder you heard at the very beginning of our show today. So we're very happy to be part of the We Be Ge- Geeks Network, and make sure you check out their website and see all the different shows that are going on there. There's a Marvel focus show, uh, see WDW Tiki Cast, I think is part of it now, and. Lots of really fun stuff, uh, uh, dining at Disney, and just great stuff. So go check out Weeby Geeks. Uh, I'm, I can't remember if it's a .com or a .net off the top of my head, but you heard the sound at the beginning of the show, so I hope you were paying attention. If you have to, search for it. I think that's how I had to go look for it when I was being invited to join. I had to like, well, what is this? Let me go look. So, But uh, we're very happy to be a part of it. Uh, we actually, last week's episode did was the first one I released on time to their website. Uh, I did go ahead and release the Battle of the Disney Bands episode on there, uh, onto their website as well. And so every week, not only will I be updating the NeverlandPodcast.com website, but also I'll be updating our episodes into their website and uh, so it's really cool and it's nice to be part of a network and uh, i've been listening to some of the shows on there it's some good stuff i think you're going to like it i do warn you there is at least one show that is not child friendly i believe it's called disney after dark this is gary Gnu, and the no news is good news show the only tv news program guaranteed to contain no news whatsoever Neverland News from the Disney Parks. Oh, but anyway, Star Wars Weekends. Uh, we were just we're getting ready to talk about that. And uh, there are some pretty cool things that are going on. And this is going all the way Friday, Saturday, and Sunday through June 14th. And now, of course, it's only on the weekends, hence Star Wars Weekends. But uh, you also heard another thing earlier before we got started with the show. It's a, a little bit of what we call Stormtroopers at the Gate. It's the, it's at the Hollywood and Vine intersection. This is a duo of troublesome and imperial stormtroopers, which are ready to welcome the surprise from the dark side. And they're supposed to keep all the rebel scum out, uh, which would be you, anyone who happens to be attending. And by the way, if you happen to be attending this weekend and you hear this show and uh, you had a fun experience, call the voicemail line, 816-226-6492. Let us know what you thought of Star Wars Weekends this year and let us know what you did. So what else is coming off of uh, Star Wars Weekends, Jesse? Uh, before we go there, let me just say, I have never done Star Wars Weekends, but I love watching the Stormtroopers at the gate. It's a great YouTube view. Oh, yeah. You can just do a YouTube search for funny Stormtroopers, <laughs> and, and it will pop up. Just, just do a search also for Star Wars Weekends. You'll see all kinds of different events. Oh, yeah. Events, parties, everything else. Oh, yeah. Lots of fun things. Even last year's Let It Go sing-along from Stormtroopers, <sighs> which I'm still trying to let go of. It was funny, though. <laughs> but, yes, next event that's happening over there. Jesse, go ahead and tell us about it. It looks like it's the Boba Fett Patrol. He's just strolling and patrolling the weekend event stage. Hmm. Apparently, you could become his target. Which is frightening, because Boba Fett always gets his man or woman, or it. If you happen to be an alien and you are, uh, you know, neither male nor female because you're that alien, he's going to get you, too. I wonder if he has a supply of carbonite. Exactly. 
Well, you know, it depends upon if he needs to take you alive. He's You're worth a lot more alive, probably. But I wouldn't uh, stake my claim on it. Anyway, <laughs> a stormtrooper patrol is going around. Uh, the Empire's finest. And uh, they're going to put their own bit of investigation. It's kind of a Imperial-style investigation. You better be careful. Uh, and they're going to be near the event stage. And you might just become a focus of one of their interrogations. So better watch it. Because, you know, Imperial interrogations, they tend to use those droids. You know, with the big, long needle. Pardon me while I pass out from the big, long needle. <sighs> Well, I don't, I don't need to worry about that one. Why? Have you joined the 501st? No, I have an iPhone. It's not the droid they are looking for. Ah, okay. <laughs> that works. I unfortunately do have an Android, but I'm pretty sure it's not the Android they're looking for. At least I hope not. Well, you know what? I'm a pretty far distance from there, so they have a long way to go to catch me. But, of course, if they jumped hyperspace... Well, you know, they'd probably just shoot right over my head. That'd be way too fast to just go from Orlando to Kansas City. So, I'm not that worried. Uh, but you know what the best way... The, one of my favorite things about the weekend, just in reading about it, is the Star Wars celebrity motorcade at the start of every day. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just how it sounds. You get your <laughs> celebrities, your guest speakers, the presentations, just being driven down the street to where they're going. Which is awesome. If I ever get a chance to go, I've definitely got to be there early enough to check it out. And then you have to stay all the way till the end of the night because Symphony in the Stars, with they do this huge fireworks show and they use John Williams music. And of course, you know, it's a, it's a Disney fireworks show, so you know it's going to be awesome anyway. But when you put John Williams music on top of it, it's just that much cooler. Well, even cooler this year, there's no Mickey Mouse hat blocking the main stage so you can see the entire display. Well, there you go. So if you really thought that thing was an eyesore, it's gone. <laughs> of course, the only trip I've ever had there, the, the Mickey Mouse hat was there, so I've never seen it without. So I'm a little sad that it's gone just because it was part of my memory from my one trip. But, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are happier compared to me who is just like, oh, that's gone. It did confuse us, though, because I was I had gotten used to the other parks. You know, they all have, like, a central hub with a, a main attraction there. I had thought that the hat, the Mickey hat, was the central hub piece when we were there. And so we didn't actually go around too far behind the theater, and we completely missed out on the stunt show and Toy Story Mania and stuff because we didn't realize it was back there behind the theater. Uh, you didn't miss much of the stunt show, but the Toy Story Mania. So, yeah, uh, next time. Big miss out. out. Next time. Next time, gadgets. Next time. Okay. <laughs> so, what's next going on over there? Uh, looks like we have the Pad One Mind Challenge. Ooh. Uh, this is where you can join your intergalactic host for a series of fun and interactive Star Wars trivia. That is designed for ages four to eleven, so I'm pretty sure they're not going to go go too obscure on you. No, this is probably more like who is this man holding up a picture of Darth Vader? Something like that, yeah. Because uh, I do have a Star Wars DVD trivia, Trivial Pursuit game, and it'll put up an obscure character, and I will remember the name of that obscure character, and then my wife will be very angry when, with me when I win. And so we've only played that about one time, I think. So, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't want to play if she can't beat me. Gee, I can't understand why. <laughs> Heck, I'm not even like the biggest expert on obscure Star Wars characters. I, I have to give that credit to some other people that are that remember a lot of these that I'm like, who are you talking about? 
So, yeah, my hat's off to those people. Uh, but they have to register for this, right? It's like a, a, a an ABC theater table or something? Yeah, there's some kind of registration check-in booth down by the ABC Sound Studio. So make sure you register your 4 to 11-year-old child for them to do the Padawan Mind Challenge. And then, of course, uh, the adventures at the Theater of the Stars, where you're going to see a spectacle of Star Wars characters and actors appearing at the Theater of the Stars. Now, see, I'm I'm a little confused on what this is because I don't know if this is the the sit downs with uh, James Arnold Taylor, where he actually talks to the actors. Is, is that what they talk about, or is this the stage that they do a big show before the fireworks, like last year? You know, they had all the different characters come out, and instead of being silly and having a dance off, they tried to take the characters a little bit more serious, and they came out and uh, did cool poses and had a few a few effects and things like that. No, this, so, this, uh, this is the sit down with. Um Go ahead. How, how cool is it that he gets to do this twice in a row? I mean, I, I, oh, this I want this, his job. This isn't twice in a row. He's done this for many, many years now. Really? Wow. See, I've only known about the last two years, and, I mean, he's living the dream. <laughs> did, you, did you see, uh, again on YouTube, the um, interview he did with Mark Hamill last year? Mm-hmm. Yes, and apparently he already is friends with Mark Hamill. I'm like, dude! That guy knows everybody cool. <laughs> uh, well, for some more Star Wars fun, uh, now this, of course, it's been nearly a year since the Friends of the Magic that you got to go to. Friends of the Magic 2014, hosted by Window to the Magic, Paul Berry, who's been a guest on here a couple of times and on some past episodes. Uh, but you were able to go last year and represented Neverland. And uh, you got to check out Star Tours while you were there, right? Yes, I did. I went through it actually two different times. Uh, but my first day there, I was by myself. I just kind of broke away from the group and decided to go on the ride. It was only a half-hour wait, which was not that bad. Yeah, for a Star Wars ride, that is pretty good. Uh, checked, I, it was my second or third time going through the, the, um, the Saga Continues, the enhanced version. Awesome. And it's definitely worth waiting in the queue line because you, know, you got C-3PO and R2-D2 out there and they've, they've changed up some of the audio with the droids from when I was when I had gone through Walt Disney World a long time ago. I saw the original version back then. So, But I've heard some new audio from the new droids and so really cool stuff. But uh, we have some audio that Jesse recorded while he was there. So uh, we'll just play that for you now.
Star Tours 1401, you are cleared for departure. Initiate takeoff sequence. What? On the takeoff sequence, initiated. R2D2, what's going on here? We are not ready for takeoff. The captain isn't on board yet.
feel safe? Safe, but perhaps a little shaken. We're grateful you made it. You are all heroes of the rebellion. I'd rather like the sound of that. Not careful of that, all of you. The Empire is watching. Pardon me, but how do we get back to a Star Tours terminal? Please remain seated until the captain has opened the exit doors. You may then unlatch your safety restraints by pressing the release button on your left. Make sure you have all your personal belongings as you exit. Thank you for flying Star Tours. Goodbye. All right, well, I mentioned earlier that I had learned some interesting game news, mainly because of my job now as a postal carrier, which, by the way, hug your postal car carrier. You have no idea how hard that job really is. <laughs> so the, you definitely appreciate the person who brings your mail, because, boy. Anyways, but uh, so I guess it was Tuesday that uh, as I was seeing the mail, I saw some magazines and I saw, like, big pictures of, uh, of Mickey Mouse and some Marvel characters, Star Wars characters. And as I delivered it, I realized it's an issue of Game Informer. Game Informer magazine. I kind of, you know, wish I could knew which store to go find and buy a copy of it. But the, they have this really cool cover art, uh, which I have managed to find on GameInformer.com, the cover art. I mean, it is a fantastic promotional for Disney Infinity 3.0. And when I went to go look around GameInformer.com, I found out they are actually doing all through the month of May, every day, they're going to release, a, have a new article telling you a little bit more about Disney Infinity 3.0. Uh, they've, they've shown the designs for making the figures, uh, talked about... Uh, another company, it's Ninja something, uh, that went through and they've redesigned the combat system for the Star Wars figures and stuff like that. Uh, lots of fun information, so I definitely advise go to GameInformer.com and take a look. I also did put a link up, if you were paying attention, on our Twitter and our Facebook feed to go directly to all of the Disney Infinity 3.0 content at GameInformer.com. So it's really cool. Make sure you don't miss out. They even have some really cool videos on their YouTube channel. Awesome stuff. Oh, but it's time for a quiz, Jesse. A quiz? Uh-oh, I didn't study. Uh-oh. Well, that's okay. Well, because we had a couple of pirates that were here, oh, about a little over a month ago, and uh, we had to induct a bunch of people as pirates, or they did. Not, not. It wasn't us. No, it was it was these pirates guys. One guy, one guy had scurvy, even you know. Uh, but they were inducting uh, people. I remember in the that. Yes, they 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 shanghaied us and took over the show. That's what happened. Yeah. Yeah, that's the ticket. It's a ticket. But anyways, we're going to induct all these Neverlanders into the Jedi Order. But in order to do that, they have to be able to answer a few questions. So we're giving them a few questions and answers. So, uh, well, Jesse, what do you call five Siths piled on top of a lightsaber? A Sith kebab. Oh, you stink! <laughs> Why does Princess Leia keep her hair tied up in buns? So it doesn't hang so low... Maybe I should pronounce that as Hong a solo, but <laughs> I don't know. Well, why shouldn't you ask Yoda for money? Because he's always a little. Sick. 
what program do Jedi use to view PDF files? Adobe Wan Kenobi! <laughs> what do you call the website Chewbacca started that gives out Empire secrets? WookieLeaks. <laughs> oh, now if a Wookie leaks, I would stand clear because I bet that's a lot of fluids. Let the Wookie leak. <laughs> exactly. What do you call a Jedi in denial? Obi-Wan cannot be. <laughs> I like bad puns. I can't help it. Where does Princess Leia go shopping for clothing? At the Dark Mall. <laughs> Why did the angry Jedi cross the road? To get to the dark side. <laughs> he must have heard they had cookies. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, what do you call stormtroopers playing Monopoly? A game of clones? <laughs> Although they aren't supposed to be clones. Oh, well. Who comes up with this stuff? I what, don't know. What do you call Chewbacca when he has a chocolate stuck in his hair? Chocolate chip Wookiee. <laughs> what do you call a Sith who won't fight? A Sithy. <laughs> that, that's a hard one to say, isn't it? <laughs> Why didn't Luke cross the road? Because he got a ticket for skywalking. In Neverland? Uh, no, through Neverland. I didn't know you could get a ticket for that. Have we told the Woloskis? We better warn them. What do you call two sons fighting each other? Star Wars. That's S-U-N-S. Yes, get it? It's it's a science joke. <laughs> So what do Star Destroyers wear to parties? A bow tie. <laughs> Get it? Tie. Capital T-I-E. Yeah, maybe they should have called it a, a bow tie fighter. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what is a Jedi's favorite toy? A yo-yoda. <laughs> Which Star Wars characters work at a restaurant? Darth Waker. <laughs> What do you call a pirate droid? R2-D2. Oh, Alright, that was, might have been a little predictable, but come on. <laughs> when did Anakin's Jedi Masters know that he was leaning towards the dark side? In the sixth grade. <laughs> Which leads to an interesting question I've been hearing. Okay, so is it Revenge of the Fifth or Revenge of the Sixth? May the Fourth be with you as you celebrate Cinco de Mayo. But beware the, but we beware the revenge of the sixth. Yeah, see that's the way I've heard it. Cause Cinco de Mayo, we, a bunch of uh, people like to go. If they treat it like St. Patrick's Day, it's an excuse to go get drunk, and then they have the hang, the hangover the next day. So yeah, but uh, I've been seeing. You know, there's also people who go revenge of the fifth. But anyways, sidetrack. Um, why do doctors make the best Jedi? Because a Jedi must have patience. <laughs> How is duct tape like the Force? It has a dark side, a light side, and it binds the galaxy together. <laughs> what do you call potatoes that have turned to the dark side? Vader Tot. <laughs> Which Star Wars character uses meat for a weapon? Oh, wait a minute, that's your question, but I'll go ahead and ask it. Which Star Wars character uses meat for a weapon instead of a lightsaber? Obi-Wan Baloney. <laughs> What did the Rancor say after he ate a Wookiee? Chewy! <laughs> Why is a droid mechanic never lonely? 
because he's always making new friends. That's just cute. <laughs> what do gun guns put things in? Jar jars! <laughs> Why was Yoda such a good gardener? He had a green thumb. What do you get if you mix a fruit with a bounty hunter? Mango fat! <laughs> what do you call a person who brings a raincore? It's dinner. The appetizer. <laughs> <laughs> what did Obi-Wan say to Luke when he tried to eat a banath pie with a spoon? Use the fork, Luke. <laughs> that would be a bantha pie. <laughs> uh, what do you get when you cross an elephant with Darth Vader? An elevator. Ta-da! <laughs> I like it. It's a good pun. What would you call Padme if she was a dog? <laughs> Pet me. I'm a doggy. <laughs> <laughs> Why did Yoda visit Bank of America yesterday? He needed a bank clone. <laughs> What's the difference between an at-at and a stormtrooper? One's an Imperial Walker, and the other is a walking Imperial. Oh, you stink! How do you unlock doors on Kashyyyk? With a Wookiee. <laughs> what is Jabba the Hutt's middle name? The. <laughs> Why did Padme Amidala keep her boots on? They were too bootiful. Why should you never tell jokes on the Falcon? The ship might crack up. <laughs> what time is it with an ad at steps on your chronometer? Time to get a new chronometer. <laughs> you take this one. <laughs> okay. Why do Twi'leks like flip coins? So that, so that they can say heads or tails. Oh, you stink! Boy, some of these are really bad. <laughs> and okay. What is Darth Vader's favorite Disney song? When you wish upon a Death Star. <laughs> Speaking of favorite Disney songs. Disney music fans, the time has come. It's the Neverland Battle of the Disney Bands. Your vote will determine this year's top five Disney songs. Vote now at poll.neverlandpodcast.com. That's P-O-L-L dot NeverlandPodcast.com. And listen to the Neverland Podcast to see which Disney band rises above the competition. Your favorite Disney songs are battling it out right now in the Neverland Battle of the Disney Bands. And we have, now this is the end of week two. We are still, of course, assembling our Disney bands from four categories. And in the first category called the 90s Renaissance... Uh, we have right now in the lead, I Won't Say I'm In Love from Hercules, which is still in the lead from last time. Uh, it's got 42% of the vote right now. A Friend Like Me from Aladdin has 29% of the vote, holding in at number two. Go the Distance from Hercules has jumped up and is now taking the th number three spot with 24% of the vote. And we have a massive tie. We have Beauty and the Beast from Beauty and the Beast. That is going toe-to-toe -to -toe with The Little Mermaid with Kiss the Girl Under the Sea. That's all got 21% of the vote. They're all hanging together for slot number four. Now, if I still have a tie when it comes to the, uh, the end of this, uh, we'll have to have some tiebreaker votes or something. So what's going on in the live action there, Jesse? Well, 
It looks like Feed the Birds is running away from Mary Poppins with 44%. Holding strong. A Whale of a Tail from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea has 41%. This only happens in the movies from Who Discovered Roger Rabbit at 38%. And kudos to you for spelling this correctly. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious is at 28%. Uh, Classic Animated is going to be our third band, which, of course, leading the pack still, When You Wish Upon a Star from Pinocchio, holding strong at 59% of the vote. Never Smile at a Crocodile from Peter Pan is holding steady at 41% of the vote. The number three spot, the second star to the right, is holding on from with 38% of the vote, also from Peter Pan. And the Silly Song from Snow White and the Seven Dwarves is holding steady in the fourth position with 31% of the vote. Over in the Pixar division, If I Didn't Have You from Monsters, Inc. at 43%. Put that thing back where it came from. So help me, so help me. Strong <laughs> at 33%. Uh, Toy Story has the next couple. You've Got a Friend in Me. And Strange Things tied at 27%. Yep, and it won't matter in the end of which one's in third and fourth. If that is, this was the final week, they'd both be in the band. As long as you're in the top four, you are in the band. Now, it's very interesting. Uh, put that thing back where it came from was in fourth position, I believe, last week. But it has jumped up now into second position. That is pretty awesome for a... It's kind of an unusual song because it's it's actually part of the story and then was kind of a bonus material that they put there at the credits. So I'm very proud of that song moving on. I'm very happy for it. Uh, it hasn't so moved I'm on yet. Strange it. things could happen still. It's not over yet. It's not over. There are still two weeks for you to go down to poll.neverland.com where you will be able to find the links for the Disneyland Battle of the Disney Bands. You can vote as much as you want and make sure that your favorite song lands in one of the bands to, to where they can start competing in June. Dixie at breakfast. Hello, customer service. That's going to help you. Yes, I hope so. I've been looking after a boy. He's disappeared, and I suspect he may have popped into your store. What's his name? Jabbity. Uh-huh. His second name is Hut. So it's Jabbity Hut. If we have a Jabbity Hut installed, would he please come to the customer service desk, please? Thank you. Nobody's coming near the customer service desk at no. all. Can you give me a description of him, please? Yeah, he's uh, kind uh-huh. of brown. Mm-hmm. A little bit overweight, mm-hmm. to say the least. What height? He's quite mm-hmm. tall, I would say. Five eight, five nine. About that, maybe a little bit mm-hmm. larger. Yeah, he's got quite a big tongue. Mm-hmm. If he's going to be there, he'll probably be with a girl who's wearing some kind of metallic bikini. I'll let you shout him and see if he comes in. Okay, thank you. Okay. If you have a Jabbity cut in store, would you please come to the customer service desk, please? No, there's no one coming to the desk at all, sir. What is his name? Well, his first name is Hans. Yeah. And his surname is Olo. O-L-O. Hans Olo. That's right, yes. Okay, thank then. Thank you. Customer announcement. Will Hans Olo please go to the customer service desk? Hans Olo please go to the customer service desk. Thank you. No one's come to the desk Can yet. I ask, if you see him, he, he might be with his friend. His friend's really tall, quite hairy. Right. If you see them, would you tell them that Jabba's looking for them? Yeah. A Stuart. Mm-hmm. Backer, but he answers to mm-hmm. Stu. Right, okay. Thank 
first name is Jar Jar and surname is B I N X. Binx, yes? Yeah. Customer by the name of Jar Jar Binx, please come to customer service today. Nobody's answering to that name. Can I give you a description of him in case he comes forward? Yep. Yeah, he's a Gungan. Yeah. He's got big ears. <laughs> and he talks a bit like this. Miss so, right. if you see him, that's how he talks, okay? Okay. All right, okay. then. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. First name of the first boy is Opie. Yeah. yeah. The second boy is Spanish. He's called Juan. The third boy is American. His name's Ken. And the fourth boy is Japanese, and his name is Nobi. N-O-B-I. Saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I <laughs> did. Can hear you. She thought it was a wind up. Love. Oh, did she? Yeah, yeah, she thought it was a wind up. Oh, dear. We do get wind ups here. I bet you do. Yeah. No, we well, are definitely looking for them. I'm just going to put a call out. They're all shaking their heads here. They're all thinking it's a wind up. I'm they're all sorry. shaking their heads at me. If but they're not coming like to the desk, no? Gentlemen, he's on the phone. Yeah, we know. But the gentleman's on the phone. If you want them, they none of them are believing me. But Boys are very real. Now, if they come up, what have I got to tell them to do? Tell them that Luke's looking for them. Luke's looking for them. Yeah. If they turn up, then just keep them right keep there. Keep them right yeah. here. Use all the right force then. if necessary. Okay. Yeah. All right, love. All right, then. Okay. Bye. bye. This is not a Okay. Now we're going to do something. You know, turn a corner a little bit and do something completely different. Because here in Neverland, not only do we love Disney, but we like a lot of other nerdy and geeky things. Uh, Jesse, did you watch Arrow this season or any season at all? Yes, it is. No, you didn't. Oh, my goodness. Well, Arrow, of course, is based off of DC's Green Arrow. And I got to go to Planet Comic Con. Wow, it's been a couple of months now. And... At the Planet Comic Con, we had Stephen Amell, who plays Arrow, Oliver Queen, himself. And I have some audio, which uh, I have been sitting on because he did tell a few spoilers, and so I really didn't want to play any of the audio until we have completed the third season, which did actually wrap up this past week. Welcome to Kansas. <laughs> I'm so sorry I'm late. <laughs> I took a ten-minute break to have some Kansas City barbecue. I got got the email from Kirk with the panel list of who's going to moderate which panel. Oh, I can see it. Oh, crap, I got to do sit-ups. The workout that you have on the show, I mean, that's got to be pretty grueling. It's pretty grueling. I mean, it's, it's like uh, if Oliver has to know how to speak Russian or if Oliver has to know how to shoot a bow and arrow, like all of these things are things that we build into the infrastructure of the show. And the fitness is something that we build into the infrastructure of the show. Um, you know, I get scheduled workouts every week, which is good, I guess. <laughs> Some fans appreciate it. Speaking of which, I'm just, we're just going to throw it open. Yeah, let's do it. 
if you could be a part of any other show and play any character, who, what show would it be and who? I want to be on Mad Men. It's my... So here's a true story, and I've told it before, but I rewatched Mad Men. And when I was re-watching my favorite episode, which is the final episode of season four, uh, Tomorrowland, it's called. Mad Men fans, anywhere? Well, there's a scene in that episode where this beautiful girl walks into the office, and she's so beautiful that it basically arrests the office. Everyone starts coming into the office that she's in, and no one's getting any work done. And we're now married. <laughs> It's a true story. The third time I was watching that episode, I paused it, I looked up the actress on IMDb, and she is now my wife. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, first of all, thank you so much for coming to Com Planet Comic Con, Kansas City. Thank you. Um, if you could pick any Marvel or DC character and play them in a movie, um, who would you be and why? Play them in a movie? Boy, oh boy. Um, it would be too easy to say Roswell. <laughs> uh, DC character playing a movie. The Riddler. <laughs> Standalone Riddler movie. It's about time a villain got a movie. <laughs> Eventually, the villain is not supposed to be a protagonist, but I mean, didn't was it Breaking Bad like the greatest show ever? And Walter White's a villain, so the Riddler. I don't have any inside knowledge, but uh, I feel like that might happen eventually. What's the most outrageous thing you've had to do on the show so far that really made you kind of sit back and? Oh boy, I you know it's 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 a it's a terrible thing to say, and I'm I'm uh, guilty of sort of the the newness of an episode affecting me, and I know that it's sort of a cop-out to say the episode that we just filmed, but episode 320 is called uh, The Fallen, and it is the most outrageous episode we have ever done on the show. We had three or four scenes that, for Oliver, were just a fundamental departure from the way that he normally is. So for me, getting into episode 66 of the show, that's really fun because I, I, I want to do new things. But boy, episode 320 is outrageous. No spoilers. No, no spoilers. Aww. The whole thing takes place in the end of our What? Sorry. What is that? Sorry, this is a controversial subject, but Marvel or DC? Mm -hmm. What do you expect me to say? <laughs> I will say this. Uh, I'm circling a movie that's not a Marvel movie. I don't want to allude to anything or, or, or establish any rumors, but I'm, I'm circling a movie, and as homework for myself, and this is one of the things I do, I'm re-watching all of Phase 1 of Marvel, um, you know, uh, you know, culminating with the Avengers, which I'm halfway through at the moment, and I'm really excited to finish on the plane. I've seen it like eight times, but um, DC, of course. DC. <laughs> Marvel's pretty good though. <laughs> really good. Hi, um, I was just wondering with all the conventions that you've 
been a part of, what is the best and worst parts of participating in conventions like this? You know, the, the, the best parts are when we're filming, we get really, we're in the soup. You know, you're, you're so far into the forest that it's difficult to see the trees. So when you come out to, I've never been to Kansas City. So it's, so it's, it's really neat to come to a part of the United States that you've never been and to have a, a room full of people that are big fans of the show. And so that's the best part. The worst part is that typically I don't have enough time. So I'm usually tired when I'm here. Um, but, uh, but I mean, there are so many positives and I'm, I struggle for negatives. Thank you. You almost didn't make it, and you made you made extra effort to. I was in. I, I rapped on Friday evening at eleven o'clock. I took a six a.m. flight to Los Angeles, where it was ninety-two degrees yesterday. Okay, we had a paley festival, and then we had a fun dinner with the Arrowhead Flash cast, uh, and then I hopped on a, a red eye from L.A. to Chicago, and apparently I sat on my seatbelt buckle. Because I got up and I was limping. <laughs> and then I hopped uh, Chicago to Kansas City and then I'm back in Vancouver tonight filming tomorrow. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so happy to be here. It's totally worth it. Thank you, everybody. Is my father here? <laughs> I was very respectful. Um, <laughs> I don't mean to steer this away from you, but you're so wonderfully open on Facebook that I feel like we follow you, I follow you at least so much that my is my questions about your cast. Seeing Thea and Laurel rise more to be kind of badass women. Do you help them in their training, or what do, what do they have to go through to be the, what they have become now? Well, everyone sort of takes their cue from me, because, <laughs> because I was the first because one. Because you're absolutely Because I was, thank you. <laughs> no, because I was the first one to do it. You know, I was the first one to go through the process, and, you know, it could have been a show where the actors didn't want to do stunts. But because I want to do as many as possible, everyone else feels obligated or pressured or enthusiastic about doing as many stunts as possible. You know, um, Katie Watts grew herself in stunts, and she's an incredible athlete. Uh, Katie Cassidy has been so enthusiastic. Uh, Willa, Willa has been great. I mean, Willa out there fighting in on Leanne Yu fighting with Slade Wilson. That was, uh, spoiler alert, um, that, was, uh, that was amazing. And, and even Emily. Like, Emily doesn't get to do enough, but it was, it's really, it's funny, if Emily is ever showing off her shoulder, they have to put a scar on for the, uh, for the bullet wound that she has. Everyone on the show has scars, is the moral of the story. Do they ask you for advice on how to become what you are? No, they don't ask me for advice, but I'm there for them if they need me. Thank you. Have you done any on-set salmon ladder challenges? With <laughs> Does anybody come in? No one has the balls to challenge you in the set. 
have kids here. <laughs> okay, two questions. That's first question is that, oh, thank you. Um, first question is like you and the female characters in the show have like such chemistry, and I was wondering like how like you made that seem so real. Because we're friends. You know, I've been on television shows where uh, people don't like each other. And as a viewer, there's just something about the interaction. Even if these people are supposed to be deeply in love, there's going to be something missing. You might not know what it is. It's that the people don't like each other. You have to be friends. Because there are, you know, there are friendly and familiar things that you do when you're friendly with someone that come across on screen. Okay, and second question. Would you be able to take a selfie with me right now? I'll, I'll take a selfie at the end with you. I'll do it at the end. We'll do it inside. Okay. You're the only one. <laughs> okay. Thank you. See you after the panel. <laughs> okay, someone stole my original question. Okay, um, Tim, so yeah. while you're thinking of a new one, can you show the audience how the wing comes out? <laughs> uh, I already have another question. Okay. <laughs>
maybe show a boob here and there. <laughs> but I will say that DC, Marvel really focuses on being, everything is inclusionary. Everything exists in the same universe. And as exciting as that is, I think that every once in a while it limits you in ways that you don't necessarily expect. I mean, it would be great for Henry Cavill to stroll into the Arrow Cave and be like, uh, how are you guys doing? But <laughs> at the same time, making the Arrow universe the best universe that it can possibly be with standalone characters and its own mythology and its own set of codes and ethics, I think makes our show the best show that it can be. characters that we've had show up in, in that universe so far. I mean, there's a possibility that you could cross over with Supergirl, and sure. maybe with Titans. You know, Vixen is coming in as an animated picture of this part of that. Yeah, I just did the voice work for Vixen. Are, yeah, are you going to be a regular, or is that just the one, the, the first episode? You want me to do it, I'll do it, for sure. It took like eight minutes. Always. But what you say about your lines in the Arrow voice, we booked you for an hour, and I'm done in eight minutes. <laughs> Are we seeing, uh, some people have wondered if we're seeing the beginning of a television Justice League, but I'm wondering if it may be closer to Justice Society or The Outsiders, because there's so much of, of your show that gets compared to the Batman mythology, and Ross right. is there, and, and all of that. Are we looking at the build-up to uh, an Outsiders? Well, we have another show coming next year. Spoiler alert. And it was a collection of characters from both the Arrow and Flash universes uh, that, if all goes well, is going to launch mid-season next year. So you'll have three shows, plus Supergirl. Um, because Glenn Winter, who is an awesome director on our show, and my good friend, is directing Supergirl. So it's going to go to series. I'm just going to tell you that. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, I feel like... Call it whatever you want, but I feel like we already have a Justice Society, Outsiders. I feel like, I feel like it already exists. It's just the name isn't there yet. Yeah, the name's not there. Speaking of which, when are you going to start playing Green Arrow? Arsenal has his, his Arsenal has his name. You know, there was Canary, and then there was Black Canary, and there was Diggle, and it's still Diggle, and there was. Uh, <laughs> You know, and, and Thea is moving in a, in a very speedy direction. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know, man. I do know, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, yes. First off, I just want to say thanks for coming out. I know it's your first time. Of course, man. It's my first time, so I can't dress for you, so. I will. <laughs> Uh, also, I wanted to say that uh, we follow you on Facebook, uh, so thanks. It's just feel like important, so that's awesome. And uh, uh, so my question is, uh, when are we going to see you on Supernatural? <laughs> yes! I pitched an idea yesterday to the president of Warner Brothers TV, Greg Berlanti, who runs Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, just did uh, Pan... Um, he's a genius, and Mark Pedowitz, who runs the CW, and uh, I, I, I pitched something called Fan Fiction Live. <laughs> okay. 
Anyone likes fan fiction, right? You'd be amazed, these guys didn't know what it was. They're like, ah, fan fiction? I'm like, yeah, fan fiction. And what does that even mean? And I, I said, people hand me full scripts. And so I pitched an idea that we would take Arrow and Supernatural and write a fan fiction crossover episode and do a live reading. And they were tepid. They don't understand how awesome it would be yet. <laughs> they will. Well, yeah, absolutely. So if I was sitting up here with Jared Padalecki and Jensen Ackles reading all this... Exactly. And some of your sponsors, some of your advertisers... Yeah, some of the sponsors, if we stream it, and we put it... Look, it would get a better rating on the CW than playing strains and automobiles, let's be honest. <laughs> no one is recording me saying that, right? <laughs> I love playing strings and automobiles. That would that would be good as a as a fundraiser for your charity work. Yeah, that'd be really that, that'd be really cool. I mean, uh, from a charity work, that'd be neat. As as for Supernatural, look, if, if I would love to be on it, I hope before it's over, the boys just have me come on and I don't know, bring them a, bring them water or something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I could just, I, I, oh, I, I could be in the background, just staring directly into the camera. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Robbie asks for somebody to ask at your panel um, who you think would win a fight your character is. <laughs> experience. That's my experience. Oh, wait, you didn't light yourself on fire, whatever. <laughs> I'm just hoping that before the end of the season, the two of us get to share the screen together. That's what I'm hoping. Shot Robbie. Does Robbie and his fans said that you guys shot something together? Not something that the fans are asking for. That's. Yeah, we. <laughs> There's a really cool ad coming out for the CW called Superhero Fight Club. <laughs> Imagine that for a second. And that's what it is. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I, I'm, you know, I, Robbie and I have been in the business for you know, almost a decade each, and we've never shared the screen together. And he's a wonderful actor, and I would love to act with him. And so I hope that happens. I don't know if it was Ray Berlani or Mark Wilderheim was saying that now that now that you've done the crossover with Flash, yep. and it has been proven to work that you can have powers in the more grounded of the two shows. Yep. That the door has kind of been nudged open a little bit. Kicked open. <laughs> so, so besides Firestorm, are there other powered villains or heroes that you would like to see show up on, on your side of the street? There aren't any particular Heroes or villains that I'd like to see show up. We do, um, and I think episode 19 this year, Team Arrow goes up against a metahuman, which is cool. Although, although I, I don't, I don't, I, I can't say who it is, and I don't engage. It's not me. I can't. I'm, uh, I'm on the sidelines. <laughs> there are big things happening in the show. Very, very big things. And just without spoiling anything, I will say that I think that the greatest moment in the history of the show will be the trailer that we show at Comic Con next year. 
I really do. Because after three seasons and 69 episodes, what was that? She's showing me. We haven't filmed it yet! <laughs> after three seasons and 69 episodes, we are going to fundamentally change the show at the, at the, at the grassroots level. And uh, I think it's going to be cool. Yes? Two quick things. Um, we're involved in a nonprofit organization that promotes positive body image, and it's called Rebel. We often ask people to tell us one thing that they love about themselves. So, could you tell me one thing that you love about yourself? <laughs> I'm an actor, I can go on forever. <laughs> oh, jeez. How do you answer this? How do, you, how do people answer this question without sounding a little self involved? Um, the whole point is just to celebrate something that you love about yourself. I like my eyes. Awesome. Woo! You know what I like? <laughs> I like my gray hair. It's coming in fast and furious all over my head. And I can't wait for the call from the CW where they're like, Hey, how about you start coloring your hair? And I go, Hey, I didn't even pick up the phone. <laughs> Shirts, one for you and one for you to give to Colton when we be the best. That'd be awesome. We'll give you, I'll take right now. Thank you so much. Just 
Diggle was called Diggle because Andy Diggle wrote Green Arrow Year One. Diggle didn't exist in the Green Arrow canon before he appeared in our pilot. And now he does. Now they've written him into the comic. So, you know, there's no particular moment for David that I'm particularly fond of, but I will say that um, there are things happening in the episodes that we're filming right now that are going to alter Oliver and Diggle's relationship, Oliver and John's relationship, forever. It's, it's whatever they can pull from Green Arrow lore, or how they can use Green Arrow lore to misdirect people. Um, you know, having Sarah Lance as the first canary, or maybe, or maybe uh, Laurel and Sarah's mom was the first canary. Who knows? I just want to see Alex Kinks in fishnets. Like really, really bad. <laughs> yes, sir. Thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. I mean, this is amazing. So, my question is, on set, tell me about gag reels, um, outtakes, anything funny that's happened? Well, I mean, when, you know, David and I had a thing where right before a tape, we just yell, What's in the box? For the movie set, what's in the box? And David sent me a, <laughs> after my mom died on the show, David sent me a coffee. What's in the box? <laughs> Sorry, this is it, it's awesome if she's watching this, but it's funny. <laughs> The gang reel is going to go next level because of how much John Berman is now interacting with <laughs> That guy's that guy's next level. That guy's I, I, I don't even know I don't know where he gets his energy from. I don't wanna know. <laughs> but I mean he just brings such a levity and and I mean I, I really wish there should be a sequence on the gang reel where it shows us laughing hysterically right up until the moment that they call action. Because that happens all the time. And everyone's talking, laughing, joking, making fart noises, and then they call action. <laughs> Wait a minute. Neverland feedback. Okay, we have some new Twitter followers. Woohoo, welcome. Welcome, new Twitter followers, and I will try to make our Twitter as much fun as possible. I love interacting with people on Twitter. It is great. But Jacqueline McKenzie, welcome, welcome, welcome. Terrence Green, and here's kind of a fun one. I don't know that he actually listens to the show. This kind of just worked out that I followed him, and he followed me back, but I'm going to claim it anyway. Tad Stones, the creator of Darkwing Duck, is now following the Neverland Podcast Twitter feed. How cool is this? 
Yeah, I am going to try to be very, very nice and ask him maybe sometime to come on the show and talk about Darkwing Duck and all the other Disney projects. I mean, he wrote for Gummy Bears, and he's got a lot of other projects that he's worked on. Uh, he is still quite active, uh, does a lot of stuff, and I think he would be a lot of fun to have on here. So I'm going to try to get him on. But speaking of people I'm trying to get on, uh, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show, but uh, Jeffrey Weissman, who we had on, he was the George McFly of the second and third Back to the Future movies and was on a previous episode, probably about four episodes ago. He did give me the phone number for Margaret Carey, who was, of course, the real deal Tinkerbell. Not the voice, but the, you know, because she didn't have a voice in the original Peter Pan, but she did all the uh, character modeling and stuff. And I don't know that I should just call her out of the blue because I'm a complete stranger. <laughs> but I am thinking how in the world do I want to approach this because I'd love to have her on the show as well and it will be awesome. We also have some great tweets. Uh, thanks for talking about us and talking to us out there. Uh, great comment from Shaz Bazaar of Techno Retro Dads. He's been a guest on the Neverland podcast a couple of times. They have a great show over there at technoretrodads.com. But he said, enjoying the perspective on Disney's Song of the South with Neverland podcast. I had the book with the Br'er Rabbit Tales when I was a kid. Very cool. Uh, yeah, so there's all these books and all these different things out there, and yet no movie that we can access without having to steal it on the internet. <laughs> or watch on YouTube. Very interesting. I've, I've said my piece about that before. I'll be where it is. <laughs> exactly. If you if you missed that episode, back up to episode seventy five, and we'll have a nice. You'll hear a very nice discussion that we had about that. And also, make sure you picked up the bonus episode of seventy five point five, where I did share the audio that was some of the tales of Br'er Rabbit and the soundtrack to the movie Song of the South, and also some source audio from Splash Mountain. And I hope you did enjoy that bonus episode. I do like releasing those little snippets out there because they're fun. Great for the commute. Okay, well, I guess there's nothing left to say except to remind you all to keep a pixie in your pocket. Because, of course, you have to have that young at heart, good attitude, which when, well, I tell you what, when you have a rough job, and I know, Jesse, you have to deal with a lot of insanity in your line of work. I've seen it on Facebook. <laughs> so does it help to try to keep that, uh, that pixie dust in your pocket? It helps immensely. <laughs> so keep your pixie in your pocket. Make sure you spread a little pixie dust on somebody else this week. And spread a little pixie dust on your mailman, because... Wow. <laughs> we'll see you next time on the Neverland Podcast. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and Blueberry. We love to hear from you on Twitter.com slash NeverlandPcast and Facebook.com slash NeverlandPodcast. Leave us a voicemail at 816 226 6492 and send email to podcast at neverlandpodcast.com join us next week and we'll once again go to disney and beyond the neverland podcast is copyright glue band productions and all original content belongs to the same
other content is copyright of their respective creators and is used under Creative Commons license. Good night, Neverland! New Year, new credit scores. Chime makes it easier to build credit by using your own money to make on-time payments with a secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card. Use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. To apply, just open a Chime checking account with a qualifying direct deposit. There's no annual fee or credit check required when applying. Get started at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Late payment may negatively impact your credit score. Results may vary. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.